This is Comic Picks by the Glick. Hey, I'm your host, Jason Glick. Hello, Jason Glick. How are you doing? I'm doing good, John. Yourself? Not too bad. Nice. What do you have in store for us tonight? Okay, well, I know last time I left off by saying I was probably going to do uh, my thoughts on um, Ed Brubaker and Sean Phillips' latest series, um, Fade Out. And I might still do it at some point, but that's not going to be the case this week. Because um, in between um, la- um, the last time we recorded and now, I've, I realized that, hey, you know, a book I'd, been, I'd heard about last year um, finally came out. And this would be um, The Tipping Point. Um, published by um, Humanoids in the U.S., it is a collection of um, short, um, short, short works, um, ranging from three to ten pages, from a from a broad selection of European, American, and Japanese creators, all centered around the idea of you know what happens when, what is it like when when an idea when the like when um, you shift from one moment when um, when you're in one moment and then the next moment everything you're about about yourself changes, so. And it's got an insanely um, good um, collection of talent for this thing. I mean, it's like you went, you know, like, yeah, it's like the fact that it's humanoids, kind of, and it's European. It's it's basically a European production. I mean, like they've got, and these guys have got some deep connections here. I mean, aside from, I mean, you got, um, I mean, even like I don't know, like not as familiar with some of the um, European guys like Emmanuel Lepage or Boulet or Frederick Peters. Um, you you put guys like um, John Cassidy. Um, Eddie Campbell, Naoki Urasawa, Bob Fingerman, Paul Pope, like in this, and it's like, holy shit, how can I not get this? It's like, even if, um, and I figured, like, hey, you know, even if like the stuff from like the people I haven't heard of isn't isn't as good. I mean, like, the stuff from the pe- from the A-listers should completely make up for this, right? Well, not quite. Anyway, it's like it's an interesting collection that um that if you're that if that's probably um. More of interest to um, connoisseurs of, of fine art than um, than you know actual than actual quality storytelling. But you know, let's start from the beginning with um, the first. I'm going. I'm going to like, just run down all the creators in here in the order they were published um, in the collection. This is, starts off with um, Taiyo Matsumoto with Hanako's Fart, which basically um, starts off with a Japanese schoolgirl who farts. Nobody listens. Nobody, and um, nobody realizes it. But then it shows you just you know, all the other stuff that's happening at this time. How a guy in like how a, how a guy's dying in a faraway land. Like a b- major baseball player um, hits his hits the last home run of his professional career. How a uh, like a like a boy sister breaks um, breaks his favorite toy. That kind of thing. It's it's like it's one of those like you know hey you know it's like even though it's like it's like we're all in this together. Um, it's like type type stories. And I've and you know it's like I've never really been like a huge you know like um, promoter of um, Matsumoto. I mean he's got. He's definitely got like a distinctive style, and um, can really do, and uh, has a great way with storytelling. But he's never, never written anything that I've truly felt passionate about, and that continues here. I mean, some people like really, like absolutely swear by his work. I'm not one of those. I mean, and Hanako's fart, like I said, it's nice, you know, like they, um, just something like, hey, we were all in this together, but not something that I really, um, that really um, moved me all that much. Um, more interesting was the following story from Emmanuel Lepage. Basically, um, it could be semi-autobiographical. It could just be like him talking about a uh, kid who was, it's like who was in, who was um, sent out, sent out to um, camp, summer camp by his by his parents and wound up having a kind of sexual awakening when he was pinned down by another boy. So like, it's it's a, it's it's like it's an interesting kind of weird um, kind of weird story. It's like if you're if um like adolescent sexuality kind of 
like I'll make that makes your skin crawl, and you're probably gonna hate this story. But at the same time, it's like it kind of it does kind of succeed at what he's doing in the sense that you know, like this encounter that the boy feels, like you know, it does kind of change change his mind and open it up to a uh, to like a much more to a much broader world. It's like whether it's um, you know just in terms of sexuality or you know like of the. Uh, like picture of the um, photography um, stuff that he that he winds up getting some acclaim for in the same the course of the story. Well, it's up to you to decide. Following that up is um, I think it's a short by Matsushi Kaneko called "Screwed." Now, um, what a little I can find out about Kaneko is that he seems to be uh, more um, beloved by the European comic scene than for his uh, man- manga output. But that that being said, he turns out he turns out the best um, short for the. Uh, like of all the uh, Japanese creators here, um, um, following a um, following a small time crook who um, who's who's basically on on the run from from some from some bad from some very bad men after he screws up a hit, and uh, he's just thinking about uh, where like how far back you know when was I screwed man like was it when the uh, was it, um, when I failed to park my bike in the right place and people stole my tires should I have taken care better care of my gun so I didn't misfire at the crucial joint? Should I have played less video games when I was growing up? Or did, should my mom have actually like you know like known who my dad was? Or and then as the um, story takes on like um, an even larger, a broader prospect, you know, was humanity screwed when um, the first ape committed committed murder? It's an interesting, it's it's interesting, fast paced and actually and actually kind of fun short that that has a, has a lot of energy. It's like and I you know get, does get across its point. It's like in the short small amount of pages that are allotted to it. Um, now, moving on to the first American creator featured here, we get um, John Cassidy, um, who gives us a, a short adaptation of a, of a scene from Huckleberry Finn um, when, um, H- when Huck is, t- is trying to determine whether or not to turn in his, um, his friend Jim. You know, it's... And it's like... and it's um, Uniquely for um, Cassidy's work, this is all in um, monochrome. So it... And, and uh, his... And, as I said before, he's he's one of the few creators out there who can actually make um, detailed photorealism um, look uh, work in his favor, and it, he actually pulls that off here. I mean, no, it's not a um, not an original story, but it still captures the um, the mood, captures the like um, Huck's like Huck's feelings and the mood of the of the scene. I'm um, quite it's like quite well. It's like, and also it's one, also one of the few. Uh, it cap- also um, gets the point of the. Uh, it's like. Of the um, anthology down pretty well, pretty well too. He's followed up by Eddie Campbell, who um, has a kind of like a stream of consciousness short about him, about his, about him moving to a, a new, new place and his cat escaping and him just kind of wandering the, uh, what, running the alleyways at night trying to find the cat and just kind of acclimating to his new, like to his new um, home and all. It's like and it's okay. I mean, it's it is what it is. I mean, he's it's just Tim looking for his cat, trying to get um, then just you know coming to a realization about things. It's not all that. It's not all that special, and it's like eh, I could take or leave it really. Um, following th- following that though is um, is a short from Naoki Urasawa. Now, given that this is the guy who um, gave us Monster and um, 20th Century Boys, and also did a Decent enough reimagining of um, of, of Astro Boy and Pluto. I was hoping that this would be like you know like I mean this is one of those things like I figured right as soon as I saw his name in, like in among the creators here I thought okay I have to get this because you know it's a short Naoki or a song. How often do you see something like that come around? Well, this is one of the few times where his um 
really where his strong storytelling instincts kind of um, let him down, really. I mean, it's basically, it starts off as with as a um, domestic, alien domestic dispute, but um, this alien couple um, talk about how the, um, how the dad is, um, go, is, the husband is telling his, telling his wife about how um, he's, he's been, he's accepted this really deadly mission to, um, let's see, to the death, the death hell planet of evil. It's a third planet in a uh, in a certain star system, and if you and if that doesn't clue you in on where this story is going, then um, I've, I advise you to just you know start reading more comics or read more fiction in general. But um, it's but you know it's this, it's basically like a um you know standard domestic dispute reframed as a cos in a cosmic setting, and uh, you know it's like it's just like the whole standard like you know it's like oh hu- oh it's like the husband has to try to do the best for the best best for his best for his family it's like the wife it's like the wife is trying to like you know understand like why he's doing something uh, understand why so why he's doing something so crazy and um the end is kind of like a weird mix of um of of sentai ultraman sentai type stuff and um and the twilight zone but it doesn't really pull pull it off because like i said you you'll probably be able to see where this is go the story is going um Long before um, Ursula gets there, and that's yeah. Even though the story is only eight pages long, probably the most disappointing of the the bunch, really. It's like I was I was expecting more from him, but hey, at at the very least, he's followed up by the best story in in the volume. That would be um, the Unbeliever by Bob Fingerman. Now, it starts it starts off on a one page on the first page about how these friends at a diner just arguing about um, you know. Nature, it's like nature of religion, and how you know, being an how being an atheist is just as um, dogmatic and unprovable as being a being a religious person. Then on the next page, the uh, the atheist um, finds himself um, in hell, in a DMV type situation, and um, as he's called to go through the to go through the tortures, um, he just says, "Oh nope, not believing this at all." And um, you get then we're treated to some of um, like Fingerman's great um, irreverent, profane profane sense of humor it's like as he it's like as he's um led through led through hell by a by a demon who's just who's just like at his wit's end trying to get this this asshole to um go along with the program and also um fingerman just kind of also doing some doing some pretty clever um clever clever humor as um as his buddies as demon says yeah it's like you know like some of my some of my um, friends are named after like the uh like the drugs that um people roof each other with it's like and um, the guy says oh yeah so oh so you're saying big farm is a demon as well that's kind of clever clever you know i'm not buying it so it's just so like it's just kind of so it's, it's cruising along that um that kind, with that kind of silly for for a couple pages and then he gets to heaven meets saint peter finds out about the blowjob clouds and um everything looks great until we get the final twist at the end which is gr- which is great fun it's like a great and also a great <laughs> great reverent middle finger to the whole like the whole story, like truly, a t- truly, a ton of fun and the best, taking the best of this best this volume has to offer. It's also followed up by one of the better stories in this volume. Um, um, I want to believe by Boulet, which um, basically has a um, guy um, who starts off. Um, in the first panel is one of those um, like, oh, I, I it has him get involved. In one of those, oh, I saw it on the internet, I read it on the internet, so it's true. So like, kind of arguments, and um, while his while. The, Protagonist basically goes, yeah, it's like, hey, you know what? Imagine what it would be like if everyone, everything like read on the internet was true. To which he then fought, um, winds up getting getting involved with some liz- with some lizard men disguised as humans, the crocodiles roaming the sewers, the um, white lady who shows up every time a, a cra- crash appears. It's like um, Bigfoot 
and um, and Atlantis, and also uh, um a certain Ni- a certain Nigerian um it's like um prince who um is offering him it's like you know um ninety billion dollars to uh if he provides his banking information. Um, the the story only has only one joke, and it's a good one though. It's like and it's it's I it help makes good fun throughout like throughout. Um, next up is a um, another story from another creator that I was really looking forward to. That would be um, Consort to the to Destroyer by Paul Pope. Now, it's eight eight page or ten pages, and um, basically starts off with uh, with a like like with a um, with a pirate with a um, the aftermath of a pirate battle at sea and a woman um, like cha- like chained to a ma- to a man in a boat um, that's slow, slowly sinking. And it by, she she kills the man. It's like jumps off just of the boat. They kills the shark that comes after her, and then swims to sea. Night falls. The end. You know, this isn't. It's not a short story, really. It's a fragment. It's basically like you know, you get the feeling that that Pope was contacted by the people who made this, who made this, uh, who are putting together this um, collection. They said, "Oh, I got this great idea. Let me put it together for you." It's like he just starts working on like a nice. Um, American-sized length story of 22 pages, and um, when he gets when he gets the call um, from the from his but from his um from the guy saying checking up on his progress, he's like, "Yo, it's great, man! I got the first eight pages all done." It's like, "Oh, if I got the first ten pages all done." It's like, "Oh, they're like, oh, that's great! They're like, so you're done, man?" It's like, "We we don't have any more room for you." And he's like, "Oh, well, okay, here you go, take it, publish it." So yeah, it's good for what it is, but it's not a complete story by any means. Um, the same could kind of be said of the um, story that follows um, Bastien Vives, um The Child, which has a nice um, science fiction premise of a couple of um, explorers on, a, on an alien planet trying to, res- trying to rescue a child and um, getting a lot more than they um, bargained for. It's told in it's, um, it, it's shown in um, some, some eerie um, in an eerie black and white style, and. Um, it's like and it's it's good for what it is. I mean, it's like I would have liked to have seen more, but um, and I will it at least ends on a bit more on less of a uh, less less of an incomplete note than we got with uh, Paul Pope's story. But it still doesn't feel doesn't feel complete. And you're just kind of wondering, well, what happens next? But kind of weapons like today, you know, hey, I kind of want to read more about this. So that's not bad. Next up is um, Keiichi Koike's Fish. It features some truly stunning art as a man um, catches the fish and um, then then just sits on brain juices and goes for a trip to re- eventually realize that we're not actually reading about a man, reading about an alien on another planet who realizes that you know fishing is bad. So it's it's really it's a really crazy crazy narrative um, said like that. The art, though, is um, astonishing. It's like in the, it's like in the amount of detail that um, that Kuike, um, um invests in the in the story. He's got a style. He's got a more grounded, realistic style, kind of like um, Katsuhiro Otomo. But seeing it all in full color, color and the level of detail he invests in it, it's tr- truly impressive. So I'll admit this just gets by in, on style by itself. Um, then you have um, the shortest story of this volume. Um, Laika by Frederick Peters. Now, even though it's only three pages, it sets up. It does set up a compelling premise, um, and in the sense that you know, hey, it's kind of like um, the Manhattan Projects um, crossed with Akira in the sense that it's about you know 
the uh, the Russian ast- cosmonaut dog. Only um, she she didn't die. It's like up in orbit. She's back and she's mad as hell. So it kind of, so reading this, I was kind of thought about hey, you know, it's like this is uh, I guess Jonathan Hickman could have gone in a different direction with how he used Leica in um, the Manhattan Projects um, compared to this because this because while that while um, he had he had her turned into a furry, it's like in in Manhattan Projects. This time, well, she's kind of more like um, Tetsuo from Akira. So yeah, it's it's like yeah, it's basically a um, a, a setup for a much larger story. But out of all the incomplete stories here, this is probably the one I'd probably like to see them. I like to see um, continued more than the others. Okay, last last but not least is um, Tengu by um, Katsuya Terada. Um, now it's. It's not Terada in his um, full color painted glo- glory, like say, um, like in the Monkey King. It's like it's basically um, a uh, about a, a Tengu just flying around. And at first, I thought, you know, this may be the first Katsuya Ter- Ter- Terada story where I read that doesn't have um, some naked boobies in it. I was wrong. In fact, it's also got some guys schlong as well. But it's also, but it's um, just seems to be about his um, just you know a guy just trying to. Um, just finding the um, crazy de- desire to create. It's like after all, it's like it's the art. The art is nice, but the story is really like barely there, if that. And that's um, that's the um, the tipping point. You know, for the uh, level of talent here, it's like I I gotta admit, it's like I was kind of expecting something better. I was kind of expecting like um, home run after home run after home run for this, but. Um, you know, just kind of goes to show that you know, like short stories. Like I guess when you haven't been um, drilled into the format by uh, by um, Tharg the Merciless, in you know, over with his future shocks in 2000 AD, it's kind of like it's really tricky to kind of put put something like this together. So I mean, it's like if you like if you like good art, then obviously this is worth picking up. Good storytelling, well, it might be um, a bit too much to ask for its uh, thirty dollar cover price. Um, basically, it's like it's it's not bad for what it is, but you know, it's like in the end, it's like it's really no no more or less consistent than your average anthology. So, yeah, like big expectations weren't quite met here. Okay, John, um, any thoughts on your end about all this? Uh, not this time, Jason. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> so, do you know what you're going to be talking about next time? Well. Uh, what I'm talking about next time actually arrived today, and I was kind of surprised that it did because of how Amazon is with Marvel stuff. But hey, um, were they ex- not... are they extra slow? What? <laughs> yeah, it's like um, whenever whenever Amazon um, Amazon usually takes a couple extra weeks to deliver Marvel stuff for whatever reason, Weird. unless it's um, something special like um, the Miracle Man volumes or the subject of next week's podcast, um, Secret Wars. Ah, okay, interesting. So that's what you'll be talking about oh yeah very much looking forward to um in fact i might have to resist the urge to just um crack it open right now and read through it as soon as we're done talking here gotcha gotcha all right well hey we'll catch you next time on comic picks by the glick all right laters bye